Peace and blessings, everybody. You're listening to The Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the good brother, the original black man. I am Reek. What you doing? How you doing? How you been? For starters, drink some water and stop playing. Secondarily, rate, review, and subscribe to my program if you haven't already done so. The more stars you leave me, the more reviews you leave me, the more lit I become. Last but not least, if you would like to email me, email me at goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com. Once again, that's goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com. You know, since I've last tapped in with y'all, there's been a whole bunch of things that's been happening. My life has been, some would say, in a whirlwind. Been garnering a whole bunch of knowledge, you know, going through a whole bunch of experiences. And I've been coming to some conclusions. One of which, which you guys should know, is if you have eczema and you go to a store and whether it's a neighboring store or it's a conglomerate, like it's Walgreens, Walmart, whatever have you, eczema cream is a fucking scam, son. It's all a scam. I'm still the itchiest man to ever live. I'm still scratchy McScratch. No matter how much ointment I apply to my skin, I'm doing nothing but filling my fingernails with said ointment because I am the scratchiest man to ever live. I'm tired of it. Now, what I do know is I have to go to the dermatologist. I recently just called up my insurance to get a list of people that, you know, take my insurance. So I can get in the game, son, because enough is a fucking enough. You know, I've, I don't even want to say these brands out loud because they're all bitch ass niggas. But I try brand after brand. You know, you get the cream, you get the gel, you get the ointment, you get the lotion. You get all these cool ass things that do nothing but moisturize your skin uh, momentarily. And then when it's time to put some real work in to get rid of that rash, that rash don't go no goddamn where. And don't shower. Once your day is done and everything you had to do has been completed, you kissed the babies, you shook the hands, you ate the food, you did the stretches, whatever the fuck you was doing throughout the day. You ran the laps, you pushed the weight. You get home, you take a nice shower. Ah. You fucking dry off. And you're back to square one, son. Like, throughout the day, nothing happened. Like, if I was to do something to you for 18 hours out of the day, right? Well, if I was, if I told you to do push ups, for 18 hours straight and then for six hours i told you to chill how diesel would you be if i told you to practice archery for 16 hours a day and then you didn't do archery for eight hours a day to sleep how spectacular would you be in archery if i apply some fucking cream on my skin for 16 hours <laughs> And the only hours not applied is probably when I fuck around and go to sleep and forget to apply it. How is no work being completed, son? What more do I got to fucking do? This shit is, it's actually getting me upset. But to get me into better spirits, your boy's been playing flag football. And I haven't caught a flat tire. Knock on wood. Things have been going on. And you know what I've done? I've, um, I've put things in perspective. Since I don't do any sprinting drills, pardon me. <clears throat> Since I don't do any sprinting drills, at least not yet. And because when I ruined my hamstring last year, uh, I took a year off. 
I went into this year not letting my ego get me hurt. There was times where I was the fastest person on the team. I was getting the most targets. I was doing my thing. But then I started running some miles when the football season started to come up. And I was like, yo, if I run full speed right now, I don't know what's going to happen to my body. And before I continue to talk about flag football, let me help people out. You guys listen to my show because you like my point of view. And you probably never thought of it this way. Because you're not in pain going day to day does not mean that you're in shape. And what you have to do is you have to remember what you've been doing and how you've been doing it. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is if you wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, drink coffee, go to work, do things at work, maybe even go to the gym. You go on the elliptical, you lift some weights, you do your calisthenics. Maybe that's on break when you're at work. Maybe that's after work. Whenever you go into the gym, you come home, you shower off, you chill. Maybe you have sex with your partner. Maybe you watch some television. Maybe you get a midnight snack. And that's throughout your week. Throughout the weekend, maybe you play some pickup basketball. Maybe you play some pickup whatever. Or maybe you're not doing anything athletic. And you're just using those days to relax. Maybe you have a home improvement project. Maybe you're using that time to chill with your kids. Maybe you're using that time to chill with your younger siblings. Maybe you're using that time to chill with your younger cousins. Whatever you're doing. And you do this week after week after week. Three months have gone by. Still still cool, still strong. We're in a new season. Now it's springtime. Same things apply. You do some things on a recreational level here and there. But you're never, ever running full speed. It doesn't just stay there. That's not how your body works. If you're not constantly spreading, if you don't use it, you lose it. And this is something that I had to fucking figure out. When I'm pulling up to the games after drinking the night before, like, man, I'm all right. My body feels good. I don't got no knee problems. I don't got no lower back problems. Correct. Because I'm not doing shit. I am not doing anything that requires any feet of athleticism. So now I'm running full speed and my hamstrings is like, hey, brother, man. We haven't, we haven't fucking been utilizing this octave in a long time. And if I use the word octave in the wrong way, just fucking go with it. It's my podcast. You're here to fucking listen to me ramble. You're not here for like anything educational. You're here because you like my perspective. So I had to fucking learn this. So back to flag football this season, I was like, hmm, I know what I'm going to do. I'm still faster than the average bear. So if I run 75% of the time, at 75% speed, and I'm not overexhausting myself, and I'm asking for substitutions, and I'm playing the slow and steady wins the race, and then I just show my athleticism in bursts, I think I'll be good money. Case in point, it's a playoff game last Sunday. I'm a little fearful because I know how competitive I tend to get. And your boy got a pick six. Now for those of you guys that are unaware of what that means, in football, you have offense, you have defense. If you have the quarterback and the receiver, the person that's running out to catch the ball, he catches the ball, that is called a catch. On the opposite spectrum, if the quarterback runs and the first defending the receiver comes and gets the ball, that is an interception. A pick six is when you have the interception and you run and you get the touchdown. And your boy had to put his team on his back. You feel me? Game winning touchdown. I felt so spectacular. 
Wanna know why? Because I was getting burnt the first half. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Every time I looked up, there was a new nigga catching the ball. And then I heard rumblings. The safety sucks. Like, what? Yeah, the safety sucks. Got a little closer. Yeah, man, throw to that nigga, man. Fucking throw deep. The fucking safety is garbage. You don't know what the fuck is going on out there. Their safety is bad. I felt that shit in my loins. I felt it in my back. Felt it in my motherfucking shoulder. I'm like, I'm whack. I suck. Throw it over here. I got the eye of the tiger at that point. Because not only are they saying that to themselves, my teammates are starting to look at me like, yo, do we need to sub this nigga? And I'm like, oh, no, I've, I've lost trust of the team. The team no longer thinks I have the capability of going to make a play. Then the person that created the team, my man Zoe, came to me and was like, yo, Reek, I believe in you. We can do this. Meanwhile, this is a playoff game. If we fucking lose, we go home. Ain't no more season. We got to wait until the springtime. This nigga looks at me and was like, yo, bro, we need you. I know you can do it. Fix whatever you got to fix. You keep getting burnt. In the second half, you got to show me something, man. I don't want to pull you. I believe in you. When he said that, I felt like Popeye when he ate the spinach. I felt like Captain Planet when those four, I'm sorry, those three white people, the Asian dude and the black dude, put the rings together to form him. I felt alive. I felt enriched and i was like ha i have the belief of my teammates it's time to get funky and funky is what i did i fucked around got active got the game winning touchdown on niggas and it felt spectacular and i'm going to carry this momentum into the next game because you want to know why my teammates were extremely complimentary and that's what I feed off of. Yo, Reek, man, you fucking did it. Reek, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Reek, I love to see that shit. Reek, we knew it. But you goddamn right you knew it. I am the original. That shit ain't never going to change. So, yeah. I just wanted to tell you guys that. We're in the middle of a playoff race right now. Uh, we have a team. They're undefeated throughout the season. We're going to kill them niggas. And after we beat them, we're going to win the championship because we have two more games to go. And I truly not even believe i know we're going to win the championship it's happening it's already fucking etched in stone the only the only times that we lost throughout the season was the times that everybody didn't show up everybody's showing up everybody's locked in everybody's not coming to the fucking games drunk just we made a commitment just two more weeks of being sober on sunday that's all we need and niggas have been on time and i fucking love to see it you know Prior to uh, the flag football game that we won in spectacular fashion, I wanted to tell you guys about my party, Jack in the Box, and how successful it was, and how you learn things as you go along. We implemented hookah into Jack in the Box, and you can just tell that it created a different atmosphere of the party. For those of you guys that have been listening to me, I've been talking about adaptation and the new way of partying. And you can't just hold to your chest old sensibilities in the new age. The way that we was partying 10 years ago is not the way that people party now. The days of just dancing for hours and hours and finding women to dub with and doing all this crazy shit and doing choreography on the dance floor, those days are over. 
I've been across the country. That is not happening. What happens is people just like to be around one another because being social is never going to die. People just really enjoy chilling with their friends, seeing some strangers, having some drinks, and getting to move and groove on their own accord. So how do you adapt to that? Do you just hold rigid these sensibilities of, nah, people ain't dancing? Or do you adjust? Now, with my party, we don't do bottle service because I don't want isolationism into the situation. I want everything to be unified. So with that, I'm like, okay, since people like to stand around, and since this is the particular vice that women seems to be gravitating towards, we got to get some hookah in the building. So we got these two black brothers that own the hookah business. They pulled up, and I can't lie to you, it, it definitely caused a shift in the party to where you can see like everybody was entertained in the way that they would like to be entertained. Some people was on the dance floor, some people was by the bar, some people was smoking hookah, and it's looking like everybody was able to do what they wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I will give people the opportunity to buy just like a bottle of Jack Daniels, but in the meantime, just giving people options in the party seems to be what needs to happen. Now, the only thing that I have to do going forward is to mastermind a way to get niggas to arrive earlier because the party started at five, right? At five o'clock, literally nobody is there. Six o'clock. Yeah, it took a dramatic pause because still nobody was there. We get to 6.30, we get a few people coming in, 6.45, a few more people coming in. Seven o'clock, okay. Now we're working with something that's looking like everybody didn't abandon us. 7.45 is starting to get flooded. That is two hours and 45 minutes of time that me and my team had to spend for rental situations. I mean, to rent a spot for niggas that arrive three hours later. So in my head, I'm like, hmm, if the party ends at 11.30 and everybody gets here at 8 o'clock, you can't rent venue spaces for three hours. Because, like, if a nigga just want to party from 8 to 11, I'm going to start asking niggas, can we rent shit from 8 to 11? And everybody can fucking win. We spend less money. Y'all niggas do what y'all got to do. Everybody can get drunk. But life doesn't work that way. And I think I have it. I think I cracked the code. I've been speaking to various people who also throw events. And um, I think I know what to do. It's what I have to do. It's not necessarily what I want to do. Because I pride myself on being a man of the people. Like, through and through, you know, I'm not like a hard-body capitalist. I'm not, you know, drowning in money. My my eyes aren't red in order to get a dollar. But certain things have to change because people genuinely do not give a fuck. They come into the event because they want to come to the event. And it's looking like the treatment of people comes secondary because they're like, yo, whatever you give us, it's what you give us, and we're just adapt to what you give us. So say, for example, I came with pre-made drinks, right? And I started cutting the Jack Daniels, and I just you just see nothing but, like, Gatorade containers in the spot. And we're just giving niggas, like, jack-in-the-box juice or whatever have you. And we made them shits weak as hell. But I still had them shits, you know, but I still had them shits, you know, unlimited. You can come and get 40 cups you wanted to. Yes, the drinks would be weak. But then you wouldn't be able to hate me. But I wouldn't feel right. 
but this is the space that y'all niggas have me in y'all y'all niggas are starting to make me mastermind ways to get y'all in there early and i don't want to do that i want to make sure it's the best party possible i don't know no other party that's doing what i'm doing where it's six hours open bar the whole time you can sit you can dance you can the hookah isn't expensive and i'm trying not to do things and fuck with people under the guise of you know profit margins but niggas is forcing my hand but in the meantime of niggas forcing my hand and me and my team having to do certain things in order to get niggas there early, the attendance for this last Jack in the Box was spectacular, you know. And um, I see both sides because on one end, it's like, yo, there's a thousand and one events. There's events all the time. If we're choosing to come to your event, you need to do things to make us want to come to the next event. And I understand that. So this is why I implemented hookah and we got a better venue and, you know, we we took a long time to figure out a drink menu that everybody would like. And we're going to go on the road soon because this part is going to the top. There's just a few more things that we have to fine tune because I don't throw these events as often as I would like. We throw these once a quarter. So once in the summer, once in the spring, once in the fall, whatever. It's four parties a year. And if we can up it to eight parties a year, just eight. Here, we have one in Jersey. We have one in Delaware. We have one in North Carolina. We have one in Atlanta. You know, places that are underserved have one in Nashville, Tennessee. Ain't nothing like this going on in Nashville. Have one in, you know, Arkansas. Just where, like, a large population of black people are, where nobody's really putting their, um, putting their resources in. We have one in Austin. We have one in Dallas. And we keep moving and moving and moving. Have one in Houston. Yeah, there's things to do in these places. There's clubs. There's a club in Memphis, Tennessee. But what about, like, events? No real events across the country. And I really feel as though Jack in the Box, with the amount of whiskey drinkers, especially with, with Honey Jack, even if you don't like whiskey in particular, there's apple and there's honey, and women love that shit. No matter what they say, because they're like, mm, I don't like whiskey. That shit is for old men. Give them a cup of honey jack with ice and a little bit of ginger ale. And it's like, hmm, this is pretty tasty. And I feel like I've uh, I've cracked the code. I'm really fucking with that shit for real. Uh, another thing that I'm fucking with, I don't know if you guys have access to Hulu. And if you don't, all you got to do is set up a friend. Meg, listen, let's go half. And people want to act like they're rich, but I'm here to keep it real with y'all. The Hulu subscription is like $12 a month, maybe less, but let's say it's 12, right? If you just said to your friend, like, yo, every month, I'm going to just cash app you $6 and you just feel like you're paying $6 for Hulu, that will give you more motivation to do it. And I feel like if everybody took this approach with everything, you and your best friend that both, both of y'all don't got cable, now, yo, listen, you're trying to get Netflix, yo, let's go half. I'm going to send you the $7. And people be like, man, it's only $7. But nah, man, just it's all about what you feel as opposed to what's actually going on. If you just see the $7 coming to you every month, that would prompt you to be like, all right, let me keep this going. Because now it's like a team thing. You feel me? And the reason why I'm bringing up Hulu is because I believe Kerry Washington is directing a show called Reasonable Doubt on Hulu. It's about a black woman that is a lawyer that uh is going through a whole bunch of things whether it's her social life 
um, her dating life, uh, her children, you know, parenting, being a daughter. This is a very good, well-written, multifaceted show that can just show you the ins and outs of just adulthood, period. You know what it's like to be a wife, but you're having problems with your husband and you guys are separated, but not necessarily divorced. And you're only living parent. Um, it's a tumultuous relationship because, you know, you love your parent, your parent loves you, but there's some shit going on. And because of the way you was raised, it's hard for you to really stick and trust people. So now, you know, you have this culmination of homegirls that you love, but you guys have, you know, battles between you guys it's very faint but it's a battle nonetheless and then you know you're going on dates and you're meeting men and then you have old flings coming into the into play you have new flings coming into play you know you're battling trying to get a promotion at work and all the things that go on with you know and it just shows you all together like how tough it is to be like a black woman like for real like that shit is difficult you know having to navigate each scenario and not knowing what people's interest are somebody can harm you somebody can say something to hurt your feelings people expect you to juggle a hundred things you have to do all hundred things with tact and with grace this shit is crazy man but i suggest you guys watch the show for no other reason than to watch the master class that michael ely in particular put on and the master class that he put on is about being nefarious if you need like a sinister, evil character that comes off of being a good guy, but he really isn't, Michael Ely has fucking perfected the low-key sinister guy in all of his movies. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like uh, all this just started with For Colored Girls, that Tyler Perry movie. I only watched that movie once because I couldn't, I couldn't fucking take it. It was too much trauma going on in a 90-minute movie. But when that nigga Michael Ely was arguing with his girl and things wasn't happening and the conversation wasn't going in his favor and he took his children, all of them at the same time, with the strength of five men, hung them out the window and threw them outside and killed them. I was like, yo, this nigga read the script and said, yo, I'm doing this. This is what I do. He was on something else. And so he channeled very similar evil energy in this show. I don't want to continue on. I don't want to tell you guys too much of the plot. Uh, if you guys watched 8 Mile, the person that fucked Eminem's girlfriend in the studio, he's in the show. A whole bunch of cool people is in the show. I really believe you guys should tap in. It's not a waste of time in the slightest. I'm personally fucking with it. I watched all nine episodes. I watched the season finale yesterday. It was brilliantly done. Um, my man that was in Barbershop and the dude that was in Save the Last Dance that punched his man up for his white girlfriend. He's in the, uh, in this show, once again, with a white wife. Niggas just leading the league and just fucking with white bitches and fucking in shows and movies. But, you know, I mean, it's all Hollywood. I don't know who he's really married to. I do know that he's keeping himself in great shape and that gives me motivation because I know at least he's fucking 10 years older than me. So if we have niggas in their 40s in that type of great shape, ain't no excuse for me. So I would suggest you guys uh, watch that show because it's something I'm really fucking with. And it's really going to show you like what it's like, you know what I mean? And all you, you'll see yourself or somebody you know 
in each character of the show, whether it's the main character's daughter, the main character's son, the main character's mother, the main character's husband, the main character's co-workers, the main character's um, flings, the main character's everything. You know what I mean? It's just going to show you like what it's like just to be a black woman in America, especially when you're rising in the ranks. And although you have a support system, everything is indicative on your behavior. And you having to be and you having to be the anchor to your own ship and literally creating your own reality and manipulating your own reality from scratch. And every single decision you make is a fucking trickle down effect. If I think this, then this can happen, this can happen, this can happen, boom, this can happen. Now these these five people are affected. It's a uh it's a very stressful existence to have. You know what I mean? And I believe this show Although you might just watch it as a show like, oh, she's a lawyer and she's battling demons or whatever. If you just peel back a layer and you just see what it's like and you can visualize your mom, your aunt, your sister, your cousin, your best friend that's going through these very similar things that when you're watching the show, having these very similar conversations, I really believe that you guys would enjoy it. Uh, peace and blessings. Past the dressing. I got some interviews that I need to fucking uh, record and I need to upload for you guys for your listening experience. I need to become more consistent because I really do miss you guys. And um, I'm going to end this year out with a bang. It's going to be fucking machine gun episodes. Boom, 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 boom. And we're going to go into 2023 more positive, more motivated, and uh, more consistent. And lastly, past the dressing.